Good morning, everyone. Welcome. We're glad that you are here today, and welcome everyone here to, uh, this morning. And I uh, hope God's going to bless in a very, uh, very special way. Do you feel it? You feel it? Yeah. Uh, there's a little touch of spring in there, isn't there? Aren't you glad for that? Uh, so we welcome everyone. We're glad you're here. And we welcome our guests especially today, this morning, and I hope God's going to bless in a very special way. We have, uh, as many of you know, we uh, we are set up as a Red Cross shelter, and uh, so we have some shelter guests with us today. They're people that have been affected by the, um, uh, the the floods around our area. Larry Kerber just came to my office, the uh, emergency management uh, uh, director here, and he wanted to thank us for providing space for uh, shelter people, and uh, and he, he said that uh, really basically the highway is completely flooded between here and, and Owensboro, Highway 60, and uh, and he estimated it's probably about 800 people that have been affected by this, uh, so um, we're glad to be able to, to help out as we can, and uh, for our, our shelter guests, I know it's not home, but we uh, we hope that, that uh, your stay with us has been as comfortable as, as possible. Possible. Uh, a few uh, announcements I'd like to call your attention to today. First of all, let me remind everyone of the attendance sheets on each row. We'd like to ask if you would to uh, take those and fill them out, pass them down the row so others can uh, uh, fill them out as well. If you could do that, we would appreciate it. And uh, immediately after the worship service, we will be uh, having a spaghetti dinner. And so hope you can stay for that. Uh, this is a fundraiser for our children. They're planning a retreat uh, coming up uh, to Holiday World, and um, so they're uh, collecting money for that. So this is a fundraiser for that. I think there's just a, a picture back there that you can just drop some money in, whatever you feel like uh, you can afford to do, to do that. We would appreciate it. And by the way, for our guests, your money is no good here. Uh, you, you are free to go. You can, you can uh, eat uh, as our guests. And, and uh, we're not expecting you to chip in at all uh, for that. Uh, coming up in a couple of weeks, on March the 24th, we will be hosting the uh, Runway Red uh, fashion show and, and dinner uh, that day. And so that's also a fundraiser for, for Matthew 25, uh, AIDS ministry. And so if you can be here for that, if you'd like to attend that, please see Brittany Smith or call the church office for tickets for that. And on that night, uh, there's going to be a night glow egg hunt. That sounds kind of fun, doesn't it? <laughs> I've never seen that before. That sounds kind of fun. But uh, that'll be for our children, a night glow egg, egg hunt. So uh, I hope you can bring your children and be a part of that as well. And one other announcement for today. Oh, no, two other announcements for today. Uh, thank you, everybody, for uh, the volunteer to help with the, the Lenten lunch this past we, we were the host of the Lenten Lunch uh, this week, and a lot of people uh, pitched in and, and helped out with that. And so we thank you all. It's been a it's been kind.
kind of a tough couple of weeks. We've been all, it's been all all people on deck, all hands on deck here uh, for a couple of weeks. But uh, you have come through admirably, and we thank you for for all the work that you have put in uh, for that, and especially for our Lenten lunch on Wednesday. This Wednesday it will be at First um, United Methodist Church Wednesday at noon, a, a brief uh, worship service, and then lunch afterwards. And uh, we hope you can be be there for that. And one other announcement, and uh, it, this, this creeps up on, on me every year, time change is next Sunday. It's next Sunday. So, uh, spring forward, move your clock forward one hour before you go to bed on Sunday morning, and we'll see you here on time for church on Sunday morning. <laughs> Let us stand and greet each other in the name of the Lord. Let me share. Let us share uh, the love of Christ with one another. And find somebody you don't know and introduce yourself. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
remain standing for prayer. Let us pray together. O Lord, the psalmist said, You have given us an open ear to hear our words, which tells us that you are listening to us now. You hear our cries, you hear our joys, you hear our trust in you. If we could have the heart and mind of Paul and Timothy, we could pray without ceasing, asking that our hearts and minds be filled with knowledge and understanding, without hesitation or attitude. You are listening to us now, Lord. Thank you. We come to you with burdens in our hearts for the times of trouble that some of us may be afraid to share. There are angry words in our minds for those who have done us wrong. There are feelings of fear for those times when you find us in shame for the things we have done wrong to others. And there are tears of sorrow for those who are grieving. There are struggles of pain for those who are healing. And there are hearts that are no longer dancing for the joy has gone away. You, O Lord, are listening. You are listening now as there are those coming out of the floods surrounding our our community, unsure of what they will find when they are able to return home. Give them peace. Give them the assurance that you are with them. And so are we. God of mercy and grace, make us mindful that you have called us to be people of hospitality, opening our doors to strangers and welcoming them as our own. Thank you, God, for allowing us to do that. And help us, O Lord, to come to you now. Help us to search for you with hope in our hearts and with confession in our souls. Help us, O Lord, to find that strength that comes only from you. And thank you for your grace as you listen to us every moment of the day, even in our silence. Amen.
somebody did something that wasn't right. Did you get angry? I think we all do. It's nothing. It's a common emotion. It's just like crying. 
are laughing. It's an emotion that we have, and it's, it's, it's not something that probably we need to hide all the time, okay? Uh, to get a little bit farther what the story is going to be, uh, the scripture is going to read about what Jesus had with indignation. And I'm going to put it in a little bit easier terms. They'll hear the, the real scriptures, but uh, Jesus came to Jerusalem during Passover, okay? And he went to the temple. Now, we don't call this the temple, but that's what they called basically churches back then, okay? And he came to the temple, and when he got there, because I presume being Passover, Jesus was going to probably go in and do some praying. He walked into this temple, and Lordy me, it was almost like Walmart. People are in there selling cattle, sheep, and doves. And Jesus didn't think this was the right thing to be doing in the temple. So immediately he had indignation. He had anger. He went in and ran them all out with a whip. He took the table. He turned the money over. Basically telling them, God's place is not for this. So, once again, he showed us an emotion. Now, someone may say, well, anger is a bad thing. I would say it's probably what you do with anger, okay? Uh, Brother Tim is going to talk about righteous indignation, okay? And that's a good indignation. Uh, it, it means that we take our anger and we turn it into something good. And that's what we got to do with our anger, okay? Uh, you may have a fellow student that may do something wrong, and you're all going to have to stay inside for recess. You may have indignation. You're aggravated at that person because they caused it. You're mad or angry. But that day standing inside didn't hurt you, okay? And it's the same with what Jesus did. And what I'm saying is, and I think everybody agrees, we got a lot of unruly indignation going on in the world right now. Uh, young folks are angry and taking them in the wrong way, in the wrong direction. And I challenge everybody, if we see this in the world, or you see someone you know, there's help for these people out there. And we need to get them help, okay? Uh, don't send them away. Uh, I hope God will help us help all you, all people, have righteous indignation. Okay? Thank you. Thank you.
Steve Hayden is one of the favorites. Hayden is one that we can always trust in you. You are a living God and out for your great mercy. And give us so much. We give you this offer today. We worship you. We are holy. Shall see Please have We praise you in the morning. We answer all this in the name of Jews was near, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and the money changers were seated at their tables. Making a whip of cords, he drove all of them out of the temple, both the sheep 
and the cattle. He also poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. He told these who were selling the doves, take these out of here. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then said to him, what son can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, this temple has been under construction for 46 years and will and will you raise it up in three days? But he was dead. He was speaking of the temple of his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Jika and instrumentalists and and choir and leadership. We are so blessed. So thank you all. We we appreciate we appreciate you. Um, back in the spring of 1894, anybody remember that? No. Spring of 1894, the Baltimore Orioles came to Boston to play the Boston. Bean Eaters. Yep, that's what they were called back in those days. The Boston Bean Eaters. The game heated up 
when Tommy Foghorn Tucker slid into third base and the legendary third baseman John McGraw of the Orioles kicked Tucker in the face. Well, within just a few seconds, all of the players from both benches were out in the middle of the field brawling. And before long, people in the stands were fighting. And things went from bad to worse because somebody set fire to the stands and the entire ballpark, which was considered at the time to be one of the most beautiful ballparks of its time, burnt to the ground. And not only that, the fire spread to 107 other buildings in Boston as well. It was a hot game, sure enough, the Boston Globe reported. All that destruction because one player got angry at another one. One question that we all have to deal with from time to time is, what do we do with our anger? We are all aware of the negative results of anger. Anger can cause us to do some really stupid things. Ever happen to you? Most of us. I heard a ridiculous little joke about a man who walked into a bar one night and said, Bartender, give me two shots. And the bartender asked, you want them both now or you want one at a time? And the guy says, oh, I want both of them now. One's for me and one's for this little guy. And he reached in his pocket and pulled out a, a little man that was three, three inches tall. And the bartender looked at him. He was amazed. He said, can he drink? And the guy says, oh, yeah, sure, he can drink. And so the bartender pours a shot. And sure enough, the little guy drank it all up. Well, that's amazing, said the bartender. What else can he do? Can he, can he walk? And the man flicks a quarter down to the end of the bar and said, hey, Jake, go get that. And so the little guy runs down to the end of the bar, picks up the quarter, and brings it back. The bartender says, that's amazing. What else can he do? Can he talk? And the man says, sure he can talk. Hey, Jake, tell the bartender about that time we were hunting in Africa and you called that witch doctor an idiot. <laughs> Yeah, probably not a great idea. <laughs> but you know something? People do some of the stupidest things when we get angry. Like call a witch doctor an idiot. He should have read the words of Jesus that said that we should never call someone a fool. Which I believe is about the same thing as calling them an idiot. But seriously, think about how, how often real damage has been done because someone could not control his or her anger. One of the biggest hits on Broadway has, in, in recent years has been the hit musical Hamilton. In 2016, Hamilton received a record-setting 16 Tony nominations. They won 11 Tony Awards, including the Best Musical and was also the recipient of the 2016 Award for Best Musical Theater Album and the, the 2016 Pulitzer Prize for Drama. The musical, of course, is about the life of Alexander Hamilton. And Hamilton was, um, was a man who made a huge contribution to our, our early history. But what most of us remember about Alexander Hamilton from our school days 
was how he died. You see, Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr were two of our most prominent founding fathers. Hamilton was the former Secretary of the Treasury, and Burr, believe it or not, was the sitting Vice President of the United States of America. And yet, on July the 11th, 1804, these two men fought a duel. I think politics are bad today. (laughs) Politics are a cakewalk today compared to the way they used to be. But this duel was a culmination of a a, a long and and bitter rivalry between these two men. And and tensions reached a boiling point when Hamilton defamed Burr's character in in a New York political campaign. And so he was challenged to a duel. And in this duel, Hamilton was mortally wounded and died the next day. Burr survived the duel. But his political career did not. It went away because of the animosity that he received after fighting this duel. And I guess you could say for both of these men that it was an example of of gifted and capable people who permitted hatred and anger to get the best of them. Later... Burr confessed that it would have been wiser for him to take the sensible view that the world was big enough for both Aaron Burr and Alexander Hamilton. What a tragic loss of life. But you know something? It happens all of the time. Because of anger, recent statistics reveal that over a seven-year period of time, road rage has resulted in 12,610 injuries and 218 murders on our highways. The fact is that when we lose our tempers, we are in danger of hurting other people as well as ourselves. And of course, one of the ways that we hurt ourselves when we get angry is the psychological as well as the physical damage that we do to our minds and our bodies. The father of psychotherapy, Sigmund Freud, once said that depression is anger turned inward. And I think that time has probably proven that that may be a little bit of a simplistic explanation, but for many people it's true. For many people he was right on the mark. For many people depression is anger turned inward. Many of you will remember all of the hatred and violence that filled Northern Ireland not so long ago. And yet a British psychiatrist noted that the suicide rate in Northern Ireland showed a steady decline during those years of fighting. And he surmised that if you can express your anger towards someone else, you're not as likely to express it to yourself, towards yourself. And this phenomenon applies particularly to so-called nice people. You see, a lot of nice people, they, they, they get depressed because they don't want to, they don't know what to do with their anger. And they don't want to strike out at somebody who's hurt them or somebody who's offended them. And so they turn their anger inward onto themselves. And, and there's a lot of evidence that turning anger inward can cause serious health problems, high blood pressure, ulcers, some forms of cancer even, often leading to premature death. So you see, anger can be a deadly emotion. 
So, does that mean that it's always wrong for us to be angry? Larry? No. Not at all. Larry was right on target. You see, anger, just like all of our other emotions, is a gift from God. It is something that God has given to us. We don't like it when we have it, but it's a gift from God. And it is, and also just like any other emotion, it can be either a positive thing or a negative thing. And there are times, listen to this folks, there are times when a Christian ought to be angry. Jesus was angry when he drove the money changers out of the temple. They had turned a place of worship into what he called a den of thieves. The money changers were originally an answer to a problem raised by Roman coins. You see, Roman coins had the image of Caesar on them, and also the words surrounding his head declared that Caesar was divine. God. Well, that breaks all kinds of Jewish commandments, including a couple of the Big Ten. And so these coins were not acceptable to be used any time by devout Jews, but they didn't have a whole lot of choice, but they were especially not appropriate to be used in, in temple ceremonies. And so the people were forced to exchange their Roman coins into temple coins so that they could use them in the temple. Those of you who have traveled abroad, you probably have traded currency at a little shop set up for that purpose, maybe in a, uh, an airport or a bank or somewhere else. And the money exchangers always charge a fee for the service, and so it can be a very profitable enterprise. But the money changers that Jesus confronted... They had brought their little shops right into the temple itself, right into the court of the Gentiles, where the Gentile converts were allowed to go and pray. This was the only place that they could go in the temple to pray. This little confined area... And even worse, they were selling sacrificial animals right there in the temple. It was like a street market. Sellers hawking their goods. And, and so we wonder, how in the world was somebody supposed to be able to spend a little quality time with God with all of this commotion going on? The most sacred shrine of the Jews had been turned into a commercialized circus. And this ticked Jesus off. He was angry. Angry enough to do something about it. This was his father's house and they had desecrated it. And so suddenly he was turning over tables and scattering coins across the pavement. He took a whip and forced the traders out of the temple and he drove the, the animals out into the courtyard. And when the dust settled, people had, were probably wondering what hit them. But nobody protested. Because everybody knew that Jesus was right. And this example tells me that there are times when Christians ought to get angry. Fact is that anger can be a great motivator. Martin Luther used to say, when I'm angry, I preach well and I pray better. 
The Congressional Medal of Honor was given to a young soldier who, when the battle looked hopeless and his men were driven back, they waged... this, this one man waged what his superiors called a one-man war. When he asked how he did it, he said, Easy. I just got mad. I just got mad. Sometimes anger is the only emotion that will get people motivated to solve some personal or, or societal problem. The slave trade in Great Britain, Great Britain came to an end because of a deeply religious man named William Wilberforce. He got angry about it. He saw human beings treated like cattle, and he decided that he would give his life to make sure that this practice was obliterated from his homeland. My friends, there are some things that you and I, you and I ought to get angry about. There was a group of farmers in Brazil who were basically regarded as peasants in the land, and they had few rights. They practically had no political power at all. They were near the bottom of the social ladder in their land, and for the most part, they had accepted their lot in life. But finally, there came a straw that broke the camel's back. You see, the the meager lands that these peasants owned and owed their livelihoods to became subject to illegal seizure by national and international corporations acting with, with the collusion of political powers and military powers there in Brazil. They would just arbitrarily come in and scoop up their land and give it to these corporations. But some of these farmers, with no political clout at all, did the unthinkable. They got angry. And they stood up to the political and the corporate powers in protest, and many of them were arrested and hauled off to jail. But a group of their fellow farmers did something that was even more unthinkable. You see, they also got angry. When they heard that their, their friends had been thrown into jail for speaking their mind, they decided that they were no less responsible than those who had been jailed. And so literally hundreds of them marched into town, filled the judge's house, and demanded that they also be put into jail. And so the judge finally sent all of them home, including those who had been arrested before. My friends, there are times when the proper response to a bad situation is to get angry about it. Otherwise, a bad situation just continues. I kind of think that's what's going on in Florida these days with the kids rising up and protest about the safety of their schools. They are a generation of kids that have grown up with active shooter drills, which adds a layer of fear and concern to each day that they go to school. They have heard about Columbine and, and Sandy Hook and Marshall County. And they've seen it played out on their television screens many times before, and now it has happened to them, and they're angry about it. They're angry that their friends have been brutally murdered at a place that should be a place of refuge for them. And the people in charge 
The adults, the politicians have been promising for decades to do something about it, but they don't seem to be able to do anything meaningful to prevent these things from happening. One group is saying we need to do this, and another group is saying we need to do that. In the, in the meantime, nothing gets done. And so these kids are taking things into their own hands, and sometimes that's all you can do. Let me give you a lighter example of how anger can motivate people. How many of you like those irritating telephone calls that come right at dinner time? You know, the telemarketers, they want to sell you something, they want to do a survey or something. And how many of you are on the do not call list? Guess what? It quit working a long time ago. And, and I even checked a few weeks ago. I, I checked to make sure I'm still on there, but it doesn't work. How many of you? Uh, how many of you like spam <laughs> in your email? Huh? No, I'm not talking about that stuff that comes in a can. I'm not talking about that stuff that comes in a can. <laughs> but while we're at it, how many of you like spam? Huh? <laughs> Brad likes spam. <laughs> Everybody's sending junk email. <laughs> Anger properly channeled can, can, can become a great motivating force. Leland Gregory, in his book titled Stupid History, tells about Alan Rolski, who became a multimillionaire by marketing spam emails, unwanted emails, you know, promoting all kinds of junk on the Internet. And according to one story, Rolski's company sent up to 250 million emails every day, the profits of which allowed him to live a lavish life of luxury. Well, a group of folks got a little bit upset about that. They, they got tired of him clogging up their inboxes with all of that spam. And, and so they decided to do something about it and did a little research, and they found out some information about Rolski. And they posted Rolski's home address and his email address and his telephone numbers on hundreds of websites. And soon Rolski began receiving literally tons of junk mail. And his inbox was maxed out every morning. And what was Rolski's reaction? He was not a happy camper. Now, I'm not advocating that we stoop to the level of those who make us angry. But I am saying that it is ridiculous to say that Christians should never be angry. Jesus got angry. Anger is not a sin. In fact, I would venture to say that there are times when not getting angry is a sin. There are times when Christians ought to get angry about some of the inequities and injustices in our world. As Melvin Wheatley once said, there are situations in life in which the absence of anger would be the essence of evil. How could William Wilberforce not get angry about slavery in his country? How could Dr. King not get angry about segregation in, in this land? 
how could Christian people not get angry over some of the injustices that are committed in our country and around our globe, like hunger and poverty and sexual abuse and terrorism and and, uh, human trafficking, and the list goes on and on. Maybe the greatest sin that you and I could commit is not getting angry when we ought to be angry. So, think about this. Is there some evil in this world that a voice within you keeps saying, somebody ought to do something about that? And some of you probably brought up whatever that is in your life right right then. Maybe that's the voice of God. Maybe that's the voice of God. And maybe it's time for you to move beyond your anger to getting involved in solving some of the world's problems. If it's good enough for Jesus, then surely we're not too good to stand up against evils that are occurring in our world. Of course, I don't think we need to get angry over petty things. People do stupid things when they're angry. You should never call a witch doctor an idiot. But there are some things that we should get angry about. When the weak are trampled upon. When children are abused. When the poor are taken advantage of. When the homeless are neglected. You see, anger can be a great motivator for us. And sometimes the greatest sin that we can commit is not getting angry over the right things. So, are you angry about some injustice in the world today? Is there something out there that really ticks you off? Then be like Jesus. Do something about it. Amen. That, Larry, that's righteous indignation. (laughs) Let's sing. Take my life and lead me, Lord. Number 494. And that's the prayer of our hearts, you know. And sometimes that even leads us into places of anger. One of the most... um, One of the most righteous men that I know was a man in Atlanta. And I heard somebody uh, describe him one time as having anger issues. And he did. But he was angry for the right reasons. He was angry because there were social injustices that were taking place in his own neighborhood. And he was willing to stand up for those who were being taken advantage of. Thus his righteousness. He was willing to lay down his life. He was willing to give it all. And to say to Jesus, take my life and lead me, Lord. And it led him into some strange places sometimes. 
but it always led him into the place of righteousness. And that's the prayer for each of us, that we would give our lives to Christ and let him lead us, even when it takes us into uncomfortable places. Let's sing. spaghetti in just a few moments, so I hope you'll stay for that. Our benediction today is uh, a Franciscan benediction. May God bless you with discomfort at easy answers, half-truths, and superficial relationships so that you may live deep within your heart. May God bless you with anger at injustice, oppression, and exploitation of people so that you may work for justice, for freedom, and peace. May God bless you with tears to shed for those who suffer pain, rejection, starvation, and war so that you may reach out your hand to comfort them and to turn their pain into joy. And may God bless you with enough foolishness to believe that you can make a difference in the world so that you can do what others claim cannot be done. Amen. Amen. Thank you.